0: Hi, everybody, Alex Jaffe here. Insert Credit is having an off week, so I thought I'd make it up to you with some off season exhibition matches for Violence Island. I'm here to provide some binding verdicts on some of the Who Would Win in a Fight matches submitted on forums.insertcredit.com before we begin our next official season next month. Our first match is from Yeso, who asks Tommy Tallarico versus Todd Howard. Now, I see Todd as being in more of an advisory, supervisory role at this point, whereas Tommy Tallarico is a much more aggressive presence. He's more of a door-to-door salesman kind of guy, someone who will go to no lengths and—or rather, go to every length to secure the win he's looking for, no matter what path that takes him on. Uh, Todd Howard, I read a little bit up on, he— Got an engineering major because uh, it was the easiest way for him to get through college. That's not really uh, something that'll pay off on the battlefield, I think, looking for the easiest way through. Top Ta- me, Talarico, he's a grinder. You gotta say, you gotta give that up to him. I think Talarico wins that match, regardless of who you happen to be rooting for. Alright, our next match comes from Corey who asks Ristar of the Ristar video games versus Staffy or Starfy of those games, depending on who you like to pronounce them. Now, Staffy has a wide array of powers, but in Ristar, there's a moment where you see him moving so fast that he's able to escape a black hole, literally making him faster than light. And I think that puts him in the upper echelon of the shadow band characters we've had here on the show before. And I don't think Starfy has anywhere near that level of power to compete with his star-shaped doppelganger here. root fifth octave asks, Clytemnestra versus Jocasta, two Greek mythological figures. Uh, Jocasta is kind of a passive presence in the story of Oedipus, but Clytemnestra conspires with her lover to murder Agamemnon, and they do that together. So we know that she's killed before, and she can do it again, which is a lot more than we can say for Jocasta. So I think Clytemnestra has this. Kaka asks, Sans Undertale vs. Manny Calavera, two wacky skeleton men from video games. I think Manny wins this one because Sans fails to show up to the fight. Uh, Skibump asks, Seymour Guado versus Seymour Skinner, two guys with the same first names. Gotta give it to Seymour Guado, I don't see how Skinner does this one. I guess you asked this because there are two famous Seymours. I don't know how Seymour butts would have fared, but probably still would have given it to Guado. Giga Slime asks, Francis York Morgan versus Kazuma Kiryu. Now, Francis York Morgan is your A1 weird guy. You can't get better than him when it comes to video game weird guys. He would definitely put Kiryu on edge, but I think Kiryu's had to deal with weirdness before. He can adapt to it. And he's too unflappable a guy to be phased by Morgan for long, even considering their disparity in weapons and firearms i think kiryu can kick whatever gun morgan's wielding out of his hand and pull out a win he's been through worse the brian jzx90 asks Jermaine clement versus richard Iowade. this isn't really a video game fight but i still want to give it to Jermaine because he's feels like he has more commitment to the bit than Iowade does he he's willing to go that extra mile he's in these big weird movies he's out there being a vampire boldly suffering in the shadows of having developed one of the most successful shows on tv right now while taika waititi gets all the credit despite not really working on that at all it's really funny to see him tweeting about that so i really want to give Jermaine the win here victory Jermaine. kez asks Agro, the horse from shadow of the colossus versus epona the horse from legend of zelda ocarina of time or ocarina of time as you may prefer. Agro sees a lot more combat than Epona does. The main place you really use Epona is in Hyrule Field, and I don't know, occasionally there's a Poe out there or something, and you shoot off the back of Epona, but Agro has to deal with a lot more in terms of direct threat, and I feel like that kind of combat presence is really going to pay off if these two horses had to fight each other. I'm giving it to Agro. Dylan Phils asks, Geralt versus Sonic. It's Sam. Come on, get out of here. Uh, Fridge Boy asks Joe Manchin versus Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin is like 10 years younger than Joe Manchin. Both don't really seem like physically active guys, but I am going to give it to Sorkin. And I feel like that's enough. All right. (laughs) Uh, Join us next week when hopefully we'll be doing episode 250 of Insert Credit. And be on the lookout in September for the return of Violence Island. There he is, the man himself,
1: the old Craig.
0: Ain't what he used to be.
1: <laughs> uh, you, you want some more updates while we wait on um, Judaism in the Bay Area?
0: <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> <laughs> because I was I was thinking about like wh- why is it that I had so many Jewish friends growing up and uh, and all that. So I, I looked up like what is the. Jewish population of the San Francisco Bay Area, and it is the fourth largest community in America.
0: Oh no, kidding!
1: Yeah, but also uh, one of the most scattered because everybody is just like everywhere, and and it's also it's it's like not that many people. It's like two hundred fifty thousand.
0: I'm guessing that the top three are New York, Miami, and Chicago. Y-
1: yeah, wait, I don't know about Chicago, but New York and Miami for sure. Um, yeah. There was one other that, it was a little hard to find, but this the that came from some official, like, Jewish University Research something-something thingy, that paper that I was reading. Um, but yeah, they said that it's also a very um, scattered group because people are just, like, in San Francisco or Berkeley or Hayward or whatever and not, there isn't, like, a, a real hub, but there are a lot, there's a lot of synagogues in Berkeley, and um, that's where I was born, and so that's what was up with that.
0: I am looking at library dot org, the mm-hmm. largest Jewish populated metropolitan areas in the United States, and they have the San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley area at number twelve.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
0: Yeah, as of twenty twenty,
1: not looking good.
0: No. <laughs> well, you beat Riverside, San Bernardino, and Ontario, so that's something.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. But Those are pretty you're big behind boys,
0: Austin, Cambridge, Newton.
1: Interesting. I wanna because that other thing, well, I wonder where that came from. Um, what numbers are they giving?
0: Uh, they are giving a total Jewish population of 244,000.
1: Yeah, okay. It's, that's in line with the thing that I was reading, except for the number being high.
0: <laughs> well, I see what may be going on here. What may be going on here is that your numbers were by straight population, these numbers are by what percent of the population oh, is oh yes jewish.
1: that's right that's right
0: there we, yes that, i saw that I, as well think, yeah i think san francisco is in fact if not number four close to number four
1: yeah okay that makes sense yes yeah, yeah, it's, it's in raw right. number of humans rather than uh percentage of population
0: 5.2 percent of the san francisco bay area is jewish yeah as 4.7 percent of los angeles is and eleven percent of New York is.
1: Yeah, yeah. New York has a lot of a lot of pals over there. Well, there you go.
0: There you go. There
1: that's, it is. That's that's uh, also. Um, uh, I think the first wedding I ever went to was, was Jewish, and they stepped on a glass, and I was like, "Well, that's fun." Dude got raised up in a chair. Oh, what's what's the thing where you put like the prayer boxes all over your body?
0: Ah, uh, the tefillin. Uh, yes. Uh, phylacteries is the English term for it. They're boxes which contain. Uh, pieces of scripture in it, specifically the Shema, which is basically the Pledge of Allegiance to God that will spread his teachings. And we're supposed to wear it every morning at prayer. And there are these guys, who uh, these Chabadniks, who just like stand on the corner in heavily Jewish areas and ask people, did you put on tefillin today? Did you put on tefillin today? <laughs> and if you're foolish enough to say no, then they stop you and make you put on tefillin. I
1: have two, two things to say about that. One yeah. is... um that just that I I knew a guy like my someone my friend's mom was dating put those on I thought they looked neat because I had seen like I'd seen blood sport and the the yeah. Muay Thai fighters like wrapped stuff around their arms and I was like is it like that <laughs> it's definitely definitely not though um, but I thought the boxes were were cool and or these ones were pretty, like nice and ornate and. And uh, old looking. And that was kind of fun. But then the other thing, and this is this is pretty ridiculous, is speaking of people stopping you walking down the street, when I was in college, there was like a, I don't know, a Jewish club. Or like a, there there, there were just a bunch of Jewish folks out there trying to get people to come to.
0: Yeah, like a Hillel Center or a Shabbat Center.
1: To Temple or whatever, yeah. And uh, multiple times I got stopped by them. Um, and one time the guy was like, Hey, are you, are you Jewish? And I was like, no. And he points at his nose referring to mine. He's like, you sure? (laughs)
0: Oh God. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. That's rough.
1: (laughs) It was funny though.
0: (laughs) I guess he's the guy who can make that joke. He's
1: the guy who can make that joke. And, um, since he made it about me, I can tell that joke.
0: (laughs) You absolutely can. You're within your bounds. Here.
1: But it was, uh, that was like, a, I don't know if that's the approach you want to be taking, buddy.
0: Well, it's... yeah, the thing about uh college outreach centers is that the people doing the outreaching are dumb college kids.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, yes. Yeah. yeah It's the main thing about college. Everybody's like that over there.
0: Exactly.
1: The whole lot of them.
0: We're all just kind of shedding our former ideas of ourselves.
1: I had one friend in college who he was the guy that introduced me and Vincent Diamante. Maybe I've mentioned this, maybe I haven't, but um, he was going around like meeting everybody in the dorm and Vince and I both had Dreamcasts before they were out in America. And so uh, he was like, you two should talk. And then we did. And then we became friends. But this guy, he was like friendly and cool. And he actually wrote a couple things for insert credit. But then it turned out that the time when he met us and hung out with us was the mandatory faith questioning Period during his whatever extremely Christian Christian group he was part of, um he was supposed Are to you have. Think
0: he was on a room springer?
1: something something like that. Really, he he wasn't Amish, but um he was basically on something similar and was talking to all us. Um, what's the word for non non religious people that I'm blanking on?
0: Seculars,
1: secular people. Yeah, he was hanging out with with the seculars, and then he like changed his mind. And he went back to it, and then he was like, you need to delete everything I've ever written on Insert Credit. And essentially, we're not friends anymore. (laughs) And that was it. That was the end of that guy. Pretty weird.
0: Well, the good news is he'll never be online for you to hear this. That's right. I guess. Yeah, he'll never know about it. He'll never know.
1: I just came back here from the the Japanese consulate, because I'm trying to get a visa to go to Japan and it sure is annoying (laughs) doing it's this is what the rest of the world experiences I know that we're extremely privileged having American passports and don't usually have to get visas for everywhere but um, every time I've had to get a visa it's like you're crossing your fingers up until the day that you leave that it will arrive and that you will have it because there's so many fiddly moving parts and little little nonsenses like for example there are two instructions. One of them tells you that you must not tape the the um, little passport photo to your application. You should glue it there. But then another hmm. one says that you should tape it there. So one says absolutely do not tape it, definitely glue it. But the, the first par- time you see it, it says to tape it there. And so it's like, do they want it stuck to this document forever? Or do they want to be able to use it separately? I don't know. So, I I pasted one with glue, and then I just included the second one loose, (laughs) because I was like, I don't know what you want. Uh, Classic times. But maybe I'll be going to Japan. We'll see. It's very hot there.
0: How hot is it there right now?
1: Like 80 to 90 degrees, but with a lot of humidity that makes it feel 10 degrees hotter.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm from Florida. I know. Yeah,
1: you know about that. No, I haven't been to Florida year-round, but... What I haven't experienced in Florida is the like wading through soup variety of humidity. I'm, oh, it's bad. Maybe I, I assume you probably have it, but the worst I ever experienced was once in Japan and once in Taiwan. There was a there was a particular part when I was a little bit north of Taipei in Taiwan, and I was I couldn't tell if it was raining or if I was sweating or if it was just humidity uh, because everything was just wet. But I and I couldn't really see properly what was happening, <laughs> so I was like, "What?" And it was and it was massively hot. So it's like, wh- which of these things is occurring? I have no idea. Very strange. So yes,
0: I finished my lunch. Frank finished his lunch. I did it. I'll be honest. I was hoping you wouldn't be able to finish your lunch, not because I dislike you, but because I was hoping that your prediction about our particular situation right now would be incorrect.
1: <laughs> I was hoping that too, but uh... yeah. Frank, mm-hmm. what, what do you think is my favorite Batman the Animated Series episode? Episode, wow.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: well, okay, What what's yours? If you could think of one off the top of your head. I wonder if I could...
2: I know mine. Um, I'm thinking. Like, the ones that stick out in my mind the most have really incredible animation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Clayface Part 2. Sure. Um, or. Harley and Ivy. It's another one with really good animation. Heart of Ice is really tempting. It's a really good episode. Yeah. I Uh, have
0: a real bone to pick with Heart of Ice for very complex reasons. Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, There was this villain in the 80s Batman and the Outsider series by Mike W. Barr. Uh, In the fifth issue, they had this guy named Cryonic Man, who was completely separate from Mr. Freeze. But he had that tragic backstory, like oh. trying to revive people who were under ice. And Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, they get all this credit for like uh, br- breathing new life into this goofy Mister Freeze villain when they sold I all of it wholesale from Mike Barr. Interesting. I see. Well, that makes sense. Um,
2: what else? The 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 one where like the Hardack clone comes back. I really like that one. Oh yeah,
0: the one that inspired Big O. Uh,
2: I really like the poison ivy trying to have a family one that's really oh.
0: good um You haven't mentioned any of my top three yet the 2 Face two-parter it's really good that's really good yeah
2: mm-hmm. i don't know like I, like the, if, if i'm picking one it's probably one of those okay well for me but i, I, th- I would like to hear what your guess is for mine because i might not have thought of it
1: oh well i i didn't i wasn't 100 okay. percent. i kind of would have gone with one of those probably like i would have gone with um Harley and Ivy or, uh, like two phase part two or something like that probably for, for you. Um, for me, I think I like the, the, like, I like ones that have a little bit of extra of an extra treat just for me and also have some kind of meta thing going on with them. So the, the one for me off the top of my head is the gray ghost. Yeah.
2: Yeah, That's a really good one. Yeah.
1: Even though as an episode, it's maybe not like, I, I don't care for the villain. And I really like the Joker a lot, and he's not in it. But um, Grey Ghost is great because it's—I think I have a special relationship with that one because I, you know, I saw it live when I was a kid, and the internet was not as pervasive. And so to hear Batman's idol be Adam West, and in real yeah. time get to do the uh, DiCaprio sitting on the couch pointing at the screen yeah.
2: thing—you <laughs> invented that as a child. <laughs> That's right.
1: It was very um, good.
0: My three favorites are all kind of united by the theme of a regular guy being pushed to drink.
1: Jaffe, I was going to guess Clock King.
0: Clock King is one of them, yes.
1: It's also one of mine. Um,
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: I I just remembered one of mine, but I'll let Jaffe finish. All
0: right. Uh, So, yeah, my three favorites are Clock King, which is just a great illustration of a villain who's almost completely in the right. Uh, and just rages against corrupt small government. Uh, there's uh, Joker's Favor, which is about this guy Charlie mm-hmm. Collins who gets mad at uh, a guy who cuts him off in traffic, and it turns out to be the Joker who hmm. ruins his life.
2: Is that is that the one w- with Harley Quinn having that great line? It was a small subpoena
0: yes <laughs> that, that was that was so uh, no 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 actually no that's not it that episode from oh, what,
2: no, what, that was oh man that was uh Sid the Squid uh yeah, whatever Squid. that was that's the man my, who killed Batman or whatever that's yeah. my
0: third favorite the man who killed okay. Batman yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joker's favor is the first Harley Quinn episode she's that's the one where she says I quit beauty school for this yeah <laughs> uh but yeah th- those are my three favorites and they're all kind of about a regular guy in gotham who gets swept up into the ridiculousness of being in batman's world and it's all and it's great
2: the one i just remembered that i like is i I like a lot of the ones that don't have a colorful villain that are just like about gotham and corruption and stuff um (laughs) i really like appointment in crime alley i love that one yes Mm -hmm. that that's that's a top 10 for me for sure might be i don't know depending on the day might be top three
0: (laughs) what's that one we're Bruce Wayne gets amnesia and ends up in like a chain gang. Oh yeah. yeah. With Fat <laughs> like, man. Yeah. yeah like the forgotten the misremembered yeah. something like
1: that, one, that. That one's not great. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. funny in a way. Um, so many episodes where they, they manufacture drama w- with like, I mean like in that one, for example, once he remembers that he's Batman, then he's now he's strong enough to, to like kick <laughs> yeah, through right. his solitary confinement <laughs> cage. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, he remembered kung fu. Yeah,
1: he remembers he's Batman, um, and and there's so many things where like the cliffhanger for the commercial break is that he fell off a building or he got kicked off a building. Yeah, a And literal it's, like, thing. it's like he's he's gonna use his friggin' whatever they call yeah. that bat clippy thing. Like he's gonna use it. He's gonna use his grapple gun. I I don't this cliffhanger does nothing for me <laughs> yeah it's insulting frankly
0: <laughs> yeah, because it needs to be there for the commercial to happen
1: yeah goofy times uh God, what else i'm just trying to think through
2: these episodes the musical number in the one where where uh, harley and batman team up is really yeah, good. say that we're yeah. again i mean i do you know what how that got in the show it's in the commentary it's so good
0: um wasn't that part of arlene sorkin's like burlesque show routine
2: Ah, uh, that's not the story that was told. The story uh, told by Paul Dini was that he heard the song on the radio in the car, and he's just like, "I want Harley Quinn to sing that." Ah, and, like they just went and licensed it because he loved it so much.
0: What What station is he listening to? Yeah, I don't like,
2: know. like 1930s N- novelty songs.
0: NPR
1: Muppet Show <laughs> <Hill> Radio.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does seem like an interstitial NPR thing. I don't know. Yeah.
1: You know what's weird to think about is how growing up in the late eighties, early nineties, there was so much media that had to do with the forties or the thirties. Yeah, like yeah, like Batman has the the kind of twenties to forties aesthetic going on. Simpsons were all like forties references and vaudeville jokes. Um, yeah, the whole beer
0: mm-hmm. baron episode.
1: The the uh, the Animaniacs. They were locked in there since mm-hmm. the '40s or the '50s. Um, there's just so much of that. It, it feels uh, like
0: well, we're getting that now with like Stranger Things and all the '80s stuff.
1: Certainly, but it the '40s feels weird because no, like I understand the '80s because it's contemporary enough to have nostalgia for. Like I think things have changed musically and culturally little enough since then that it's more of a nostalgia play but like when you get 40s to the to the 90s it's like none of us kids no, i think knew about. We, we were learning about that stuff from the simpsons and i
0: think you're just uh, i
1: don't know looney tunes looney
0: tunes are yeah around. that's true
1: that's true looney tunes that's, that's i think you're point. just saying
0: that because you were alive from the 80s to now and you weren't alive from the 30s to the 90s. It's well, a well but bit
1: i mean the, i think that the difference that i see is that Young people are wearing 90s clothes, but young people were not wearing 40s clothes. When no. <laughs> you know? Like, you were wearing 90s clothes. <laughs> it, it it was specific weird references that were happening at the time. And also, those those references were – you couldn't look them up back then. Now, you totally – can look at So
2: i think if you're looking at what the youth were into you're looking in the wrong place you need to be looking at what the creators of this media were into right, right? like you need to be no, looking no. at like steven spielberg right like that like what's he yeah. into and he's into cinema from that era
1: that's the i guess kind of the gap that i'm seeing is that i i realize and recognize that all of the people that made the stuff that we watched were into 40s Stuff for some reason, but the, but I, I, I also feel like...
2: feel like they were done with the fifties by not the nineties. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's true. I, I, I feel like they moved somewhere else. But sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, but, but I think that there with the eighties stuff, there's a little more organic interest than just top down from older people kind of thing. If that makes sense, like I think young people also naturally discovered the eighties and nineties these days versus back then it was like steven spielberg and paul dini were like ah the 40s those were pretty neat to think about that my parents yeah.
0: whatever well, they were specifically influenced by the fleischer superman cartoons which mm-hmm. were yes. contemporary at the time
1: yep it's true um well
2: i i think brandon that that you're kind of stuck on like kids getting into the culture and i i question if that ever happened pre-internet
1: yeah that's uh i mean it happened to me a little bit it, i th- I think it happened but it was a much shorter cycle because like i listened to my dad's 70s records and uh oh sure um, yeah and you know you, you could find uh, your 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 parents fringe jacket deep in the closet and be like oh i'll wear this or whatever <laughs> so there was a bit of it but not yet the the internet changed all of that and and made the the cycles faster and different and weirder In probably a good way. I just think the '40s is it's it's odd, especially since in the '80s there was a '50s revival and there was like a greaser thing, a whole greaser thing that happened, and then that was gone, and then the '40s were back. That's not the usual. You're right.
0: (laughs) That is very strange. Yeah, I mean,
2: there 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 does seem to be parallels between the '80s and '50s that I don't entirely understand. Is it like economical or something? Right? Like, um, they they feel maybe it's just back to the future. Right, that, that is yeah, more so. easy yeah, just links. thinking that the fifties and the eighties are kind of the same thing,
1: right? Well, the fifties, but there is also like there's that popular band, the Stray Cats. Like I think of
2: the eighties as the era of the the fifties. Diner was like the eighties yeah. to me.
1: No, no, that's that's right. Because there, so there was a Stray Cats band. Um, there was mm-hmm. the movie Grease. There was the there was Happy Days and the Fonz. A lot
0: of draft kids returning.
1: I th- I guess fifties and eighties both had a a certain kind of like conservative optimistic prosperity for for suburban people for suburban white people specifically maybe that's maybe that's the link up there um yeah people came back
0: don't think about the war the war is over don't think about the war
1: yeah the war is over patriarchy is doing great um Mm. you got you got your reagan in the white house in the 80s and he was like a 50s actor
0: oh that's true yeah
1: yeah i don't know
2: Well, and then what are they going to do after that? Like, the 60s, come on.
1: (laughs) That's not coming back. No. No. Well, the the 60s kind of like, in certain ways, never left. The 60s, I feel like, changed things forever, but in a way that was like, we don't need to return to it because parts of it. Like, you could could find hippies (laughs) of the exact same type as used to exist. They're still present.
2: They're in the the fourth most populous uh, Jewish population area. (laughs) That's right. That's
1: true. That's where they
0: are. Look, the way we know the sixties are here to stay is a little something called Austin Powers.
1: <laughs> Goodness. Uh, yeah. Some people tell me that the first movie is fun. Is that? Is that? Is
0: that yeah. Yeah. I,
2: I, mean, I can. I can visualize that. I can, <laughs> I haven't seen them either, Brandon. But it's like I. I can visualize the first one having fun ideas. Mm-hmm. I think might... all three of them
0: have fun ideas at least.
2: And I also can visualize that. Now that people don't reference it anymore, I might be able to appreciate it. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's possible. Have either of you watched the Scary Movie franchise anything in there? No, no. So as you may know, Scary Movie is like lampooning horror films uh, contemporary to the time. So like the first one was, it was like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer mashed up. But so I never watched them at the time. So I was like, that's too stupid for me. Um, and I'm trying to watch them now, and I forgot how much the uh, the Wayans specifically, uh, who wrote and directed this movie, lean in on homophobia for, like, 90% of their jokes. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I remember that from the era that that was something that happened a lot, but but wow. I really, almost every I joke, remember
0: being really surprised by that when I watched Bad Boys.
2: Oh. I bet there's a lot of that in, like, In Living Color, if you go back.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Probably. I don't know. Like, I haven't seen it since it was literally aired, but well, I assume that it might Wayne's be rough is, to go back to. So exactly.
1: Yeah, well, in Living Color also had the, uh, I believe that's the one that had the, uh, no, that was Mad TV, that had the white woman playing the, like, the Asian laundry lady. Um, mm. And she was like, no, it's not racist because, and, and then whatever she said after that was just some sort of... Pfft. You know, recognized. I never,
2: I never got into Mad TV because even as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is just a white and living color. I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, something Mad TV really rubbed me the wrong way as a child. I, I felt, I felt insulted by it
0: somehow. Yeah. I would watch it, but I would be upset that there was nothing better than Mad TV on at that time. Mm-hmm. That Like I had to settle for Mad TV.
1: We had a little bit of cable going on, um, or was Mad TV on cable?
2: it was on fox
0: oh Oh, really okay yeah it
2: was it was another fox show like which which well i mean maybe i'm misremembering but my memory is it's another fox show which just gave that connection to in living color you know made it stronger somehow for me that that like okay it's just the other in living color the
1: wider one
0: it was on fox 1995
1: to 2009 there we go that's a lot of years dang
0: a lot of years 2009 is that what you just said yeah Wow, my
1: memory
2: is that show lasted like three seasons. Yeah, <laughs> mine too.
1: <laughs> Goodness, well, yeah, I don't recommend scary movie. No, um, okay, and uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's where I land on it. I watched, um, I can't tell all the stories of this, I guess, because we're going to use it for bonus material. But I watched the movie Chaos Walking, which um, a friend of mine was one of. He he was like the last person to rewrite the script and he 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 recommended that i that i do not watch the movie (laughs) but it was expiring on hulu and so i finally watched it it was it was pretty bad Uh, are you aware of this movie at all no okay so the idea is that a bunch of humans on a colony ship land in this new world but in this world men's thoughts are visible and audible all the time
0: oh god (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes and uh but women's are not and so
0: so it's an opposite what women want but with everybody
1: yes and it, there is a, a what men want movie that came out somewhat recently but anyway I, that was great yeah i'm sure it was excellent um the uh the, so it was yeah it was it's that premise a bit sci-fi but god it had to be so annoying to write because you have to write this person's spoken dialogue and then a bunch of dumb thoughts for them to have surrounding that I, it just seemed so miserable to write
0: okay so mad tv was on the air on fox from 1995 to 2009 then in 2016 seven years later it comes back on the cw
1: i did hear that it was briefly back who wanted that the cw doesn't exist anymore right
0: um it, it's being sold to some Discover conglomerate or something no, Discovery is who merged with Warner Brothers. They have sold the CW or in the process of selling CW to some All right. other party who wants to cater the network to 56 plus year olds. I apparently- still,
1: still confuse the CW with the WB. And the WB only existed for like two years or something.
0: Yeah, but they had a cartoon frog. So they had
1: a cartoon it, frog, and I, I and I didn't watch anything on either channel. And so to me, they're always going to be the same.
0: Uh, the final episode of Mad TV, which aired on September 27th, 2016, has a sketch where Bernie Sanders becomes Colonel Sam.
2: <laughs> wow, that is a very white and living color. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> What a situation.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, something about ninety nine percent of herbs and spices, or something. I'm sure. All right. Well, I we call it on Tim not being here this week.
1: We we could just release this and call it "Waiting for Timbo."
0: He'd probably hate it. He'd probably hate it. I don't want to do that. Oh, whatever.
1: It's fine. He's cool. He's a tough guy. He he. Uh, he's a t- yeah, He understands the world. He's he's uh, he'll be fine. Ah,
0: boy. I love him. Good guy.
1: Funny guy, that Tim.
0: Yeah. All right, I'm gonna let you guys go. I'm, okay. I'm here.
1: All right, bye.